This is a podcast from Rover. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. Hello there, welcome to Not For Radio, Jay and Dunk, your hosts. Uh, there, is, there is one of those set ready to go for when the Queen pops clogs. Yeah, what track are you playing? What are you feeling? It doesn't. It's whatever. Whatever is being played at the time. It could just be literally uh, rain of blood uh, and then stops. Buckingham Palace it says that the Queen is I'm dead. obsessed that little bit, eh? I want to play it again. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. Just backpack on, big yellow T-shirt with a smiley face on it with the eyes crossed out and the tongue out the side of the mouth. Just grinding your teeth down to friggin' flour. <laughs> heavy just sweating away. nubs with uh, nerves sticking out of them. Hey, um, just quickly, on the radio show today, we, we were chatting about the fact that Jay ate some four-and-a-half-day-old chicken, the bachelor's handbag, the one you, the cooked chook you get from the supermarket. And I was like, oh, jeez, I don't even do it after two days. An amazing phone call, which we won't play for you. It'll be on the other, um, the best bits of the radio show podcast. But old mate uh, rang up and reckons his brother ate um, chicken out of the fridge after a month. Someone texted in and was like, uh, it wasn't me. But my daughter found a uh, a sandwich that had been in my glove box for a couple of months and buffed it, and it was a ham and cheese sando. Oh, shit. <laughs> just makes you feel so ill, because if you've had food poisons before, you just don't want a, a bar of any of it. But a couple of texts we didn't get to, I'm going to mention shortly, then Jay got a text from his mate. A uh, bloke I knew in the, uh, in the army went on a two-week field exercise, took with him like 25 cheeseburgers. So getting pretty dry at the end of two weeks, but he loved it, eh? I've heard you can put a, if you dehydrated any cheeseburger right, you can bring it back with some water and eat it like 10 years later. We used to have a pro tip when you're coming home from town with a full head of steam up, mm. would be to go through and get yourself maybe 10 to 15 steam bun cheeseburgers. And you go, why are you getting 15 to 10, you know, 10, 15 steam bun cheeseburgers? Because... You can buff like maybe four of them, and that puts a good layer down before you hit the scratcher, go to bed, and then you put the rest of them in the freezer, and then when you wake up, you just bang them in the microwave and give them 30 seconds each, and they're like brand new. Mm. So you don't have to head out, and they're just there on hand, and you just slowly chip away at them all day, brings you back to brings you back to uh, zero, and then you're good to go again. How mean would it be if you could uh, organize McDonald's? Say you're having a big piss-up, maybe you're having like a Bathurst race piss-up, and you could bring like a McDonald's like mobile setup, so they Didn't cook you get... fresh McDonald's in your driveway. You're like, hey, what's another Big Mac? What's a Big Mac? I'm sure that we left your um, like wedding party, and everyone got cheeseburgers. Maybe. Jeez, I, I was pretty smashed. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember talking about um, uh, giving out Powerades with uh, with pies. Mm. Oh, they do that at servos now. What, after a wedding party? Oh, no. On, though. <laughs> no, 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 nice touch. Pay yeah. $8, $8 a litre of fuel and you get a free pie. Yeah, they, they're doing Sunday morning specials, which were pies and, and Powerades. Should have been done ages ago. I talked to a, a, a person I know, a mate, that works at Coca-Cola, and I was like, when the fuck are you guys going to release Powerade ice blocks? Because they would just get demolished so mm. much on a Sunday morning and Saturday morning after a big night. Um, and there's a real logistics issue. Uh, Coca-Cola doesn't have a frozen delivery across New Zealand, 
so they'd be unable to do it. I was, I was like, well, why don't you just do like a um, like make them in like a juicy container, yeah. little wee plastic ones that so you buy them runny, but you put them in the freezer at home. Anyway, I always come up with these ideas, and people make shitloads of money on me, so they'll be out next year. Uh, back to the back to the chook chat. Mm. So a buddy of mine, Brad, went to another friend of ours, Nobby's. Uh, they've got a batch. The family's uh, relatively wealthy, and they've got a lake house. Um, and so they went there, and they had the all in- all of the intentions were to have this delicious roast meal. So they got a like a you know like a chook to put in the oven to roast, but then they you know uh, proceeded to roast themselves. And First they, night on holiday, you always go a bit hard, don't you? Yeah, just a bit of a Friday frenzy, you know, just absolutely over revved and completely forgot about it for the whole weekend. And this was at the beginning of December. Um, they spent quite a bit of time away, New Year's somewhere else. Came back uh, mid mid Feb to to the place, and they reckon they could smell it coming down the driveway. And they're like, "What is something is dead around here?" And they couldn't like it was just a, a real pungent tang in the air. And they're like, "Oh my god, I wonder what that is." Anyway, so they get into the house, open the door. The place is crawling with flies, um, and just basically maggots galore because. They ended up finding out that the chicken that they put in there had just defrosted but never cooked in there and had just become a slime, like just basically broken down and rotted away inside the oven. But because the oven was sealed, it was just the smell that was getting out, but nothing was really getting in. concentrated rotting carcass smell. So it hit them in the face, like eyes watering, dry reaching. Basically, they ended up getting it because it was in a roasting dish. Oh my god! It just makes me sick thinking about it. I, here's what I think I'd do in that situation, and I, and I you, like I think I know what they're gonna do. But what I would do is I'd turn the power off and then cut the cord uh, to the oven, and then pull the oven out and shot put it off a cliff. As <laughs> well, there's no other option. Yeah, they he's, 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 so they basically tipped it into a bag. Oh, whoosh, he gets it close. Uh, tipped it into a bag and then drove. Oh, far out. That's, I'm gonna go. Oh, I can I can literally visualize how bad that would be. Tipped it into a bag, and then they um, they drove it down the road with him half out the window, just like dry reaching the whole way, and threw it into the bush. Uh, basically, just jettisoned this thing. Came back. He goes, "It would have been easier just to burn the whole place down, start from scratch, because <laughs> it just two hundred fifty thousand dollar chuck." Oh, mate, it just reeked. They would have been literally better to do that and then claim insurance and then uh, start from scratch because the place would probably still stink. Just I uh, don't want to let the plane down too quickly. I just had some messages uh, sent through from Showboss Teague from the Rock Drive page. Worked in a one-star Michelin restaurant in London. <laughs> uh, we had this pheasant hanging in the chiller for about six weeks. Guts in and the feathers were all falling out when a VIP guest came in and ordered it. It stunk so bad, the meat was pasty like pate. The guy said it was the best pheasant he'd ever had. Thanks to Mrs. Brent. That's crazy. Well, that's, that is a fancy-ass place. To get a Michelin star is impressive. Uh, see, I thought they were taking the piss, but yeah, you got that's like the baller one, isn't it? Yeah, well, generally you top out at three. Yeah, okay. Just one more here. I was working late. My colleague said he didn't eat the curry his mum had cooked, and it was in the fridge. So I warmed it up. And ate what I thought was some chicken curry the next day when he said, why didn't I eat his mum's curry? Turns out the shit I ate had been there for months. <laughs> I probably should have um, guessed because they had hair grown on it. Whoa. I just thought it was some bamboo fibres or something Cambodian, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't want to be offensive, so I ate um, something that probably could have killed me. Um, and then one final one too, and this one really gets me. This is like, um, it's quantifiable, like your mind can sort of, you just know this is 100% not good for you. 
I used to work with a guy in Australia. He would buy a cooked chicken on a Monday and eat it through to Friday, but it would stay in his lunch bag. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. Jay's feeling a little bit crook. Jay and Duck, not for radio. Radio. Hey, have you ever seen your doppelganger? We did a thing, a segment on people that look like me. There's quite a few people that There's just... There's a truckload of them. Yeah, don't have hair, uh, but look a lot like me. You've got a beard, basically, a bit of grey in it. You definitely look like me. There's a bloke uh, who follows me on Instagram. He's a bit of a legend, actually. He's in a band called the String Ninjas, which is like electric violins um, and just string-based instruments, mainly violins. And uh, he sent me this message. I totally forgot to play it for you guys when it came through. But someone, we do a, 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 you might have seen it, a nickname segment on our radio show, which are classic. If you're in New Zealand, you can text nicknames to 3520. It'll bounce you back the link for the latest batch for round number 10 now. Here's um, my doppelganger, and uh, he has been recognised in the street, but he's <laughs> but he's not actually... Um, very, very similar. He's not actually here in New Zealand, and he looks just like me. So, bro, I am walking down the street in Belfast, in Ireland, and I, I'm on my way to play a gig here, and a guy stops me in the street, and he goes, Mate, are you the guy that does those videos? You know those funny videos with the nicknames? Are you that guy? And he's like, no, mate, he's from New Zealand. We're in Belfast, and you're in Belfast. What the fuck? And he's like, oh, I, I thought it was you. I was going to ask you for an autograph. I was like, mate, you didn't even know my fucking name. <laughs> there you go, mate, international. He, does, he is a striking resemblance to you. Yeah, it's frigging creepy, man. Um, so Mac- I reckon that Dunk's part of an international experiment where there's basically <laughs> just been spread, um, some seeds spread around. There's going to be a Netflix yeah, documentary on you in about the next five years, I reckon. Yeah, it's called Rene Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't like right. that. he didn't like that joke last time we said that. Not for radio. Pretty impressive stuff. Taika Waititi, the one and only, has been named as one of the most influential people of the year 2022, and rightly so. He's done phenomenal work, but a lot of people would be unfamiliar with some of his earliest recognised work, which was a short film in black and white, uh, shot on the east coast of the Bay of Plenty. Uh, The film was called Two Cars, One Night, and it is 11 minutes in duration, and basically chronicles uh, how love can be found uh, in... Cars that are parked opposite each other outside a pub. Hey, don't look over here. Your ugly fist might damage my paint, Rick. Hey, ugly. Oi, ugly. Hey, girl. Hey, ugly girl. Hey, ugly. But the best 11 minutes you can spend today if you haven't seen oh, yeah. it. There's also another one where they do bombs after getting an ice cream. Have you seen the bombs and ice cream one? Should I bring it up? Do some bombs, eat some ice cream. He's talking to God. Oh, yeah. This is God standing on, the, on a cliff in New Zealand and a Miss Whippy truck's there. Hey, bro, because that's a chop top with sprinkles. Nothing comes for free, mate. Oh, yeah. That's what my mum always says. What are you doing in New Zealand? I don't know, really. I just felt I had to come back here. Back to my Eden. We call it Aotearoa around here, bro. Good to come home now and then, eh, bro? Eat some ice creams, do some bombs. You're never too old, bro. You're never too old. Who said that? Your mum? Nah, that was on me, bro. (laughs) Unreal short film. (laughs) Eat some ice creams, do some bombs. 
And like I've just got uh, to the end of that, and I know I said it was Taika Waititi. It's not Taika Waititi. <laughs> no, it's James Rollison, who is the star of his other film. Tim McLaughlin made that one. Not for radio with Jay and Dunk. So we should we chat about Seth Green? He's had a real shit time. Did you hear? Did you hear about this? How he had um, his bored apes. No. Nah. So basically, Seth Green had a bunch of uh, bored apes NFTs, which are. Very expensive. So Seth Green, if you don't know who he is, he's Doctor Evil's son on Austin Powers. Yeah, he's uh, he's also a filmmaker, and he's made he's made a film which includes these bored ape NFTs, which are worth quite a bit of cash. Yeah, but what had happened is that his uh, bored ape NFTs were stolen as a part of him losing a whole bunch of crypto and losing his wallet or it being compromised, and then the bored ape NFT was on sold out of his wallet once it had been stolen, which in the scheme of things isn't illegal. Uh, but the problem is he spent the last three years making this film which feature these Bored Ape NFTs. And now the person that owns the new NFTs uh, is basically the person who can pick up the royalties for those Bored Ape NFTs. So he has no way of releasing the last three years' work that he's been doing because he no longer has the rights to what was in it because someone stole them off him and sold them to somebody else. So how much do you reckon he would, like, ballpark, what would be out of pocket? Oh, millions, millions. That's so literally rough. millions, and that's and that's what everyone's saying. Like there is no other way. There is, it would be like all of a sudden uh, somebody owning Tom Cruise and not letting them do Top Gun Maverick because they own Tom Cruise now. <laughs> Hang on, but we just spent the last however many years making this. Yeah, but now we own them. We're not going to let you, or unless you pay us heaps of money. Do you know who's gone quiet? People with crypto. crypto. I haven't heard a lot about people with crypto. How much you lost in crypto? Not too much, I don't think. I didn't really put. You didn't have a lot in there, eh? No, nah, I moved around. I moved it around quite a bit. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. What to try and um, get get out of the? Dr- Doesn't drop forty percent or some shit? Oh, no, it drops. It dropped way more than that. Uh, but the other, like, if you bought, I know it's boring crypto chat, but if you actually bought when it was at a, a semi decent price, uh, then whatever you wrote up last year, because it went up. 346% and then it dropped half of that so if you bought in on the bottom half of that initial rise then you're still doing sweet you're still up uh, okay. uh, but a lot of people basically bought on the drop and so it's kind of it just goes back and forward like a yo-yo um, terrible news out of the states uh, another mass shooting I think it was 18 kids shot that's got to stop. I saw that and I instantly fumed and then I realised I didn't have the energy to be angry about it anymore like I haven't done anything to stop it, but I just feel deflated by the situation, um, and it feels like I think there's been over like a thousand mass shootings or something ridiculous like that in the states. Three hundred thousand kids have been affected by mass shootings since 2019. That is I think. fucking disgusting. It is. Um, my brother-in-law was working uh, on a project from from an American company that had 3D printing titanium, these what they called flocking plates, and so. Super light plates, if you imagine they would be like pretty much the size of an A4 piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, very thin, very light, but they were reverse dimpled. So, you know, a golf ball is dimpled in, mm-hmm. these flocking plates would be dimpled out. And then on the outside of it was this kind of a weird rubber, um, which would 
the, the, the whole purpose of these plates was that they would go into school bags for kids in the States. So there would be two plates in the back. So if you put your normal backpack on, there'd be a lower plate and an upper plate. And then in the top flap, which goes over to close the backpack, is another one. The idea being that if there was to be one of these um, school shooter scenarios going down, that you flip the the top flap of the um, bag over your head and run with it away from you so it covers your head, your neck, and your back and all of your organs as you run away and only basically exposing your legs. Unreal idea. It's so shit we're at that point. Now, the worst part, imagine putting that on your kid and sending them to school. Like, it's just so far away from what we would ever deem. Like, if that was the case, fuck that. I'm not sending my kids to a school like that. I'm like, I'm moving countries when you're in that situation. Like, that is oh, 100% unreal. Would. But you can't do that when you're in the States because no matter where you go, that's what you're running into at the moment. It's just unreal. A buddy of mine who's uh, who was living in the in uh, the eastern side, then moved to the west. He was basically just living outside of New York and has now moved to just side of our, outside of LA. His kids, 12, 10, and 8, have been in two school shootings. Holy shit. At what point do you go, hang out, boots, mate, come home? After one. Yeah. Pretty crazy Nothing's stuff. Nothing's that important. It's a yeah. hard watch, man, but it's just, it's, you know, the hardest thing is, I've seen US politicians do nothing about it. Mm. What you know what was amazing was seeing the coach of Golden State Warriors at that press conference who lost his own father to gun violence just just say enough is enough. Like he's like we're here to talk about we're here to talk about basketball games. It's just nothing matters on a day like today. Pretty crazy. We're very lucky to be you know very lucky to be here in New Zealand and, and for that not to be for that not to be the case. And I hope that that never is the case. I mean, yeah. we will forever live under the shadow of what happened in Christchurch. It is a f- frightening thought to think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Because at what point will they draw a line in the sand? Like mm. this is how many lives have been lost so far. Still not enough, apparently, which is just disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's lighten the mood. For those of you who like a bit of naughty in your life, not for radio. This, this is some bit. There's a show in the UK called This Morning. And I don't know whether or not this person's an actor or they're not well, but she's basically got sick of blokes and has decided to look elsewhere after being abducted by aliens and now dates an alien. Just over a year ago, Emanuela Rose claims that she was abducted by a UFO and once on board, she met five aliens. Well, after getting to know one of them, uh, she's fallen in love um, and uh, he's now become her boyfriend. She joins us today alongside Emmanuel, whose spirit she has placed in the body of the inflatable doll. Good morning to... Both of you, I guess. He doesn't have a physical form like a human that we'd expect. So the doll is here. Yes, the doll's here is a placeholder. Aliens love the show, by the way. Oh, They're good. Watching today, his pals will uh, get it. It comes as no surprise. <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they're learning so much about humans from the show because you touch on so many topics. Oh, good. So my alien boyfriend communicates with me telepathically, so he uses the power of his mind. We don't speak to each other. It's a lot of kind of powerful vibrations to behold as a human being. So it's easier for me on a daily basis to just like hug and hold him. She's sitting on the couch with one of those blow-up green fusion (laughs) aliens you used to get when you buy fusion car audio in New Zealand. (laughs) I'm not even lying. And she she says she bangs it. But understandably so. Imagine if 
we're the ones that are completely in the wrong and she's 100% right because that is effectively how they they say that they interact, just telepathically. Because uh, that's why they've got their tiny little mouths. They've got little Trent Bolt mouths because they don't need to talk to each other. They just telepathically send messages. Did, did you listen to Zoe Marshall's The Deep podcast uh, and she had the chick that has been kind of semi-abducted by aliens no. um, and pff, it's just, full on um, and it's a type of alien that heaps of people across the globe have the same common story without knowing each other and then they stumble into these subgroups of this little culture of people that have been abducted by abducted by the aliens and they're called the blue avian variety of aliens and they're kind of like a bird version of avatar and the same thing they will um they go they mentally take you over while you're asleep or you can uh, feel an episode coming on and go lie down in your bed and then learn all the stuff off them. She's been given like a higher mission by these things. Like it's, it's a lot to get your head around. But Zoe Marshall does a very good job of not cutting her off at, at the knees. Her entire series and it's now like the guests that she gets on it I've just are unmatched. Yeah. Unmatched. Um, how's, how is this this yarn, which is completely off topic and, mm. and nowhere near it, um, United Airlines uh, had a bloke fly with them who was in a band, and and they broke his guitar. The guitar was worth three and a half thousand dollars, and so he uh, lost suing them for loss of earnings. Surely he had a crack at them for loss of earnings, and they were like, "Well, basically, there is a, um, a basically a waiver that you sign when you jump onto a plane, and this is what happened. You broke basically broke the headstock of your guitar, and he's like, "Well, this is my this is my livelihood." And they're like, oh, well, maybe you could write a song about it called um, Eat a Bag of Dicks and maybe next time don't sign that. Here you <laughs> go, so, mate. Just give us an email at chuggabagofarseholes <laughs> at gmail.com. So what he did uh, was one thing better, and uh, he, he made a song uh, which is, which is uh, called United Breaks Guitars. And uh, it, it, the song became the most virulific hit of 2009 and as a result of that, this is the song here that we're playing. 21 million views. I did airlines on my way to Nebraska. The plane departed Halifax, connecting in Chicago's old air. While on the ground, a passenger said from the seat behind me, My God, they're throwing guitars out there. Band and I exchanged a look best described as terror at the So basically this this song, which is a legit song from a legit band that would tour around the States, uh, it went bananas. Twenty one million views currently on it. It went so hard that year that there was a massive downturn in the stock price of United Airlines. Oh my god. So instead of paying the three and a half grand which he requested, they lost hundred and eighty million dollars in stock value. It is so good. I love it when the little man fights oh, back. Yes. And it, it, I'm just looking at it now. 21 million views don't lie. The band is called Sons of Maxwell um, and United Breaks Guitars. Like, that is the biggest <laughs> fuck you straight back at them. And I love it. It's a, it is the most chill diss track I've ever heard laid down on somebody. But they went after a giant and they took them down. Like, if you've ever travelled with surfboards, I've spent my whole life traveling from, not my whole life, basically from the age of sort of 18, traveling everywhere with surfboards. That's when I go overseas, I want to go on surf trips, basically. Mm. And the amount of times that you turn up 
leaving with one board and turn up with two <laughs> or or they just smash them up and a friend of a friend of ours big ho used to work for an unnamed airport and they used to call fragile stickers targets on surfboards they just chuck them around they're real rough with them oh yeah the only trouble i have going through uh, the airport is carrying this gun show <laughs> i often get searched eh? are they real yeah man bicep curls get it get them gains boy Two blokes with fat heads. Not for radio. With Jay and Dunk. We're almost done for another day. Just yeah. a couple of messages from Sosh Meads. Uh, Adam Dimonick. Uh, y'all said to shout out where we're listening from uh, to your podcast, Not For Radio. Big shout out from basically the other side of the world, Perth, Australia. Cheers to the laughs, uh, dudes. Nice one, Adam. Good to have you listening. It is a frigging long way away. That's basically an international long haul flight to get to Perth from New Zealand. Yeah, this one here from Andrew um, Branion. Just wanted to give you guys a shout. I listen on Spotify and Rover here in Raleigh, North Carolina. You guys keep me laughing all day long. I'm a heavy equipment field mechanic, so I have you guys on all day long. Cheers, guys, and happy late birthday to Dunk. You know, they, the American um, the American field mechanics have the sickest pickup trucks. They're normally running, like, mad compressor rigs. You know that, uh, that buddy of ours, Dan, who does all of the fixing on, like, the forestry equipment? Yeah. He's got a real hell rig. These ones here, them and the... Um, and the pipe welders that go cross-country, they just look sick. So I'd love uh, if you could send us a pic of the rig that you're running, Andrew, unless it's a real pile of shit, then don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> yeah, then flag it. <laughs> How's this? Adam Finch was just listening to you Not For Radio podcast. You were talking about uh, some homebrew. I live in Poland, and we make some proper potent homemade moonshine. Last batch came out at around 80%. <laughs> Drink this shit, though, and there's no fuzziness the next day at all. Legs aren't great when you're on it, though, um, so you need to be careful. I'll send you some over to try if you fancy it. Absolutely do that. Yeah, would love to go blind. I hate looking at things. Um, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Don't you, this is something that um, heaps of people that get into homebrew say. They're like, oh, you know, fun. it's bloody all natural, man. No headaches. You drink enough piss, you get a fucking pounding headache <laughs> at my age, and it's like a two-day hangover. I don't care if you brewed it in a natural health store. Mate, ethanol's ethanol. I know. We sell it. Uh, Zach Rogers. Hey, boys, listening to the podcast for the last week, riding an old Royal Enfield around Nepal. Bucketless stuff. Well done, Zach Rogers. That looks epic. Uh, the track we're going to finish on today is Tash Sultana playing Jungle Live. She put it on YouTube. It's her with loop pedals in her bedroom. Woke up to a million views. It's now had 141 million views. One of my favourite tracks. One of my favourite artists. She's coming back to New Zealand. Wait, mum just popped her head around the corner in the video. I've never noticed that. <laughs> but since before she was famous, I saw her 100,000 views. Now it's rips. Whatever you're up to for the remainder of your day, have an absolute cracker. It's been a pleasure uh, chatting to you on a Not For Radio podcast. Make sure you share it around. Pass it on like herpes. (laughs) 
Let's get us some of the gift of life, not for radio podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Fuck motherfucker, fuck face piss. <laughs>